Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Hello and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Rob Longo. I'm with Stewardship and Mission of Faith. And with me today is Hannah Woodward and Don Gleichman, both from Stewardship and Mission of Faith as well. Welcome, guys. Hello. Hi, Rob. All right. It's good to be here with you. And for those who have joined us before, Reflections from the Heart is a a gospel reflection, so thank you for coming back. For those of you who are new to Reflections from the Heart, we're going to look at the gospel that we will hear on Sunday. And uh, instead of waiting to hear for the first time when we go to Mass, we'll break that open today and uh, and just share here in, in the station and you know, just allow the Holy Spirit to work in your heart as you're listening and, uh, and see what He wants to tell you. So why don't we begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear God, thank you for the gift of your word. Thank you for loving us so much that you left us with, uh, with the roadmap home to you. And as we open and, and read and pray through and share uh, the gospel that we'll hear this Sunday, please prepare our hearts for an encounter with you this Sunday that will draw us closer. Please, Lord, bless and protect all those who are listening. Bless them, protect them, bless their families, and help us all to grow closer to you that we can be a light that leads all people to your love. And we'll pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father and Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. So Don, um, asked you about a, a prayer from our, our prayer book. And for those of you who are interested, after you hear Don pray this prayer, uh, we have a, a book called The uh, Stewardship of Prayer. And it's a whole bunch of, of awesome prayers that... Um, that you can use uh, for your own prayer, for prayers in groups. So if anybody wants to, to order that, uh, you can go ahead and, and do that. And we would love to send you one or 10 or 20, however many you need. So just uh, call us uh, at, at our, our number or visit the website. So Don, when I asked you a prayer right away, you said the prayer of abandonment. I love the it. prayer of abandonment. You love that prayer? I do. All right. So if you could lead us in that prayer, brother, I'd appreciate it. Surely. Father, I abandon myself into your hands. Do with me what you will. Whatever you may do, I thank you. I'm ready for all. I accept all. Let only your will be done in me and in all your creatures. I wish no more than this, O Lord. Into your hands I commend my soul. I offer it to you with all the love of my heart. For I love you, Lord, and so need to give myself to you, to surrender myself into your hands without reserve and with boundless confidence, for you are my Father. Amen. Amen. It's uh, providential that you, you picked that prayer. Last night I was, I was with a friend, um, and you know we've known each other for years, and we finally got on the conversation of, of our faith, and it started with work. He said, you know, he's thinking of, of making a career change. He said, Rob, I need your advice. Um, I just I'm, I, feel, I feel lost. I don't feel fulfilled, and he's really taking steps uh, in, in his faith, and he's growing closer to our Lord, and he's, he's active in his faith. And, uh, and through the conversation, the Holy Spirit just opened my heart to say, uh, you know, that you, you know, we talked about surrender, that, and, and, you know, another word for abandonment, right? This, you know, we talked about the idea of surrender, and, uh, and says, Dave, sounds like you're really on a beautiful road to surrender, that, that, that the Lord is, 
is reordering your desires and, and you want to serve him. You're getting to know him more. And now it seems like he's calling you into service. And where he might be calling you or what he might be calling you to do is, is to engage in that service at the parish or somewhere else. Instead of looking for fulfillment in another job, God's probably putting an ache in your heart that, that you want to serve him. And, and help build his church and, and, and going to another job is probably not going to satisfy that ache. So why don't you pray about where God wants you to serve mm-hmm. and then you be a light in the world. you be a light in your business. You don't need to leave the business world. You, you, you'll, you'll serve him. You'll know him. You'll love him in everything that you do. And you can be a light. And it all started with that discussion on abandonment on, on the idea of surrender. So thank you. I, I, I'm going to share this with him. In my past, I even found out that that's one of the prayers that God never refuses. We, we sometimes say God didn't want to answer, you know, or, but I, there's some prayers that God always answers. And one of those is an example is, Lord, please lead me to the vocation that you want me to be in so I can feel, feel, fulfill the plans that you have for me in this life. If we pray that, he'll give it to us. The same as he answers the prayer for, lead me to the right person to marry or lead me to the right vocation or, or lead, me, lead me to do, to get to know you better every day of my life. He answers those prayers. Amen. That's awesome. Thanks, Don. Mm-hmm. So, Hannah, uh, if you could read the gospel for us, and for those who are able to grab your Bible, it's Mark 9, 30 to 37. Mark 9, 30 to 37. Sure thing, Rob. Jesus and his disciples left from there and began a journey through Galilee, but he did not wish anyone to know about it. He was teaching his disciples and telling them, The Son of Man is to be handed over to men, and they will kill him. And three days after his death, the Son of Man will rise. But they did not understand the saying, and they were afraid to question him. They came to Capernaum. Once inside the house, he began to ask them, What were you arguing about on the way? But they remained silent. They had been discussing among themselves on the way who was the greatest. Then he sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, If anyone wishes to be first, he shall be the last of all and the servant of all. Taking a child, he placed it in their midst, and putting his arms around it, he said to them, Whoever receives one child such as this in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives not me, but the one who sent me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise you, Lord Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. Thank you, Hannah. The, uh, the, the word that I circled right away was just question. And then I circled the word afraid right after that. And I was thinking of these guys, you know, they were afraid to question him. And, um, and whether it's faith or work or anything, sometimes in my life, you, you don't want to ask a question, whether it's in school or at work, is you want people to think that you know what you, what, what you got going on or you have everything under control. Um, but if we... Just get in the habit of asking questions, right? Asking good questions. And even if we have doubts, I mean, bring those doubts to our Lord and, and, and to others. Uh, and if it's truly, you know, questions and, and presenting doubts with a humble heart, seeking truth, you know, God will, God will reveal that. So, um, you know, it's, it's good to hear, good to hear that, that these apostles, uh, you know, they, they had some fears as well. And I just ask God to, to help me to overcome any fear of, of uh of asking questions you know doesn't matter doesn't matter what i look like right as long as it you know if the questions are going to help reveal truth and then bring them on 
You know, it's funny. That's the first thing I I noticed as well when I read this. Um, reflecting on it, I notice in my life, I'm quick to question God when something bad's happening, but I won't question him when something's good happening. You know, it's like, okay, th- things are going all right. Let's just keep it this way. But then if something goes bad, I'm like, well, what the heck happened? What did I do? That, that's a good point. Yeah, you never hear someone saying, you know, no. after they win the lottery, God, why did you let make this happen <laughs> How to me? could you do this to me? <laughs> uh, so one of the first things again? I noticed was that I had some questions. Um, they left from there and began a journey. Later on, it says they came to Capernaum. I was just sort of curious where they were and how long it took them and so forth. And it seems they were in Caesarea Philippi, and I looked at my map, and if their walk through that kind of country, and I've, I've been in that part of the world, it's not a straight line, but if they'd gone in a straight line, it was about 30 miles. So this journey they began would have taken a few days. This was not something short. So I imagine there were a lot of conversations going on, but so it was about 30 miles and they went from uh, Caesarea Philippi down to Capernaum. The second thing I noticed was uh, in the second part, if anyone wishes to be first, he should be last of all and the servant of all. And it occurred to me that if we look at a pyramid or a triangle with the, with the apex at the top, we would often consider a kingdom with the king at the top and all the subjects beneath him. And so the, the leader says something, and everybody underneath him, under him is supposed to do something. And Christ reversed it. He said, let's turn the pyramid upside down. If you're a servant of all, you actually carry the entire burden of everyone above you. You are the least among them. The, bottom, the apex is at the, at the bottom instead of at the top. And you're carrying the pyramid. And so it's like being a father in a family. I have to carry the concerns and the worries of everyone in the family on myself. And I've got to meet all of those needs and, and, and have all those goals. Not the things that I want to accomplish in life, but the things that they need to have accomplished. And that's an entirely different inversion it's against the world, world view of how we'd have to do things. I thought this must have been an interesting conversation they had on this 30-mile journey. Yeah, and, and when, you, Don, when you talk about flipping the, flipping the triangle upside down, it you know, just brings to mind just some people in my life. And I'll just, you know, I'm, I'm going to share one, uh, an example, but I'll throw it out to you guys. Who in your life has been an example of a servant to all? And um, you know, when I was kind of thinking about that, uh, as you were sharing, Don, you know, talking about service, like who has flipped the triangle upside down? We have a deacon in our parish, Deacon Art, and he is a beautiful servant. You know, he's he raised five kids. He's got twenty-seven grandkids. Uh, just, just a brilliant man. Uh, sort of on fire for his faith, but he is a servant. He's got such a servant's heart that he's always looking out for the littlest detail, attention to detail. He's, you know, meeting people in, in parking lots late at night to help open up a, a building that, you know, wasn't open on the parish. He's, you know, just cleaning things. He's just doing whatever needs to be done without any fanfare, right? And, and he's just such a beautiful witness of, of, of quiet, humble service. And, uh, and when he's doing it, you, can, you really feel that he's doing it for Jesus, that he's, everything he's doing, he's doing it as if Jesus is right there. 
and he's doing it for him. And he's got such peace about him. It's just, it's a, it's a beautiful example. You just love yeah. to be with people like that, Absolutely. don't you? Absolutely, yeah. So do you guys have any any encounters, any experiences with, with true servants? The best servant I know in the entire world is my wife. <clears throat> and she learned that, all of that from her mother. We were married in an Italian colony in East Africa 46 years ago. And when her mother came to join us in the United States, she was older than I am. And I came home one night from work and I found her squatting in my walk-in closet, shining my shoes. Another time I came home and found her in the fall when she was in her late 70s, pruning my bushes because they needed to be done. I hadn't done it right. But the most important time was when my pyramid was totally flipped. All of my life I tried to be in charge of things and, and like the pyramid was with the apex at the top and I was the boss and I was going to control things and I had my plans and God was answering my plans. And so, I mean, answering my prayers. So obviously I had to be at the top of the pyramid, right? Well, things were not working real well and they weren't working well because my wife was uh, diagnosed with a significant physical problem. And she went in for an operation and the doctor said, well, that's not a problem. We'll have her out of here in three days. And uh, a very long story made a lot shorter. At the end of 33 days, she had gradually gotten worse every single day of the 33-day period of time. And she was dying. And the doctor couldn't explain it. He said she was in perfect health, but there's, there's nothing we can find, but she's dying. And I visited her twice a day, 10 o'clock in the morning and 10 o'clock at night, when I was able to go to the intensive care unit. And every time I visited her, without repeating it over and over again, every time I went to visit her, I would tap her on the shoulder and she would open her eyes and her, she had this look of stark terror in her eyes. And she said, I can't see Jesus. I can't see Jesus. And I said, what does that mean? And she couldn't explain it. She just said, I can't see Jesus and I'm terrified. Well, uh, one day I went in at 10 o'clock in the morning and the doctor said, she's not looking good at all. She said... Uh, he said, you better stop back again. And I came back a little earlier that night. I came back about 8 o'clock. And when I saw her, the doctor said, I don't think she's going to make it until midnight. Well, I went home and I met with a, I had dinner with my kids and my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law who were watching them. Because here I was trying to run extra fast to run my business so I could make enough money to support all the people in my home who didn't work. And I had to keep working hard. I went home and had dinner with them, and I prepared them that things might not go well. And we went, I laid down for a bit, and I told the doctor, if something happens, call me. And he gave me a call. About 10 o'clock, he said, you better come over here quick. I don't think she'll make it until midnight. And I went over there, and I tapped her on the shoulder. Her eyes opened. The terror that I'd seen every other time when I tapped her on the shoulder was even worse. It just scared me. And... Uh, the doctor came over and put his hand on my shoulder and said, she's not going to make it until midnight. And I said, well, by the way, when the doctor called me, I took my, my daughter, who was seven and a half years old at the time, threw over my shoulder and took her with me. And I said, we're going down to the chapel. So call me if something happens. The two of us went down to the chapel, and I knelt in the front row because there was no one else there, and I want to be as close to Jesus as I could when I prayed to him. And I, I said the same thing I had said all the other 33 days and all the other times that I'd been there. 
dear Lord, please save my wife. I need her. My son needs her. My wife, my daughter needs her. My mother-in-law needs her. My sister-in-law needs her. She's the center of our lives, etc. I need her more than anything else in the world. You gave me, I, I, you gave me the, this woman as my spouse in answer to prayer. So why would you now take her back? Please let my wife live. And uh, while I was praying that same prayer that I prayed 66 times, 33 days, twice a day, the door in the back of the chapel burst open. I, I skipped something, excuse me. Before the door in the back of the chapel burst open, I heard this voice. And it had been a rumbling every other time I'd been there, and I'd never been able to figure out what was being said, but it was a rumbling, and this time it was very clear, and Jesus said to me, so what's the most important thing in your life? Am I the most important thing? You've been telling people that I am. Or is your wife the most important thing? I said, whoa. Well, if she's going to die before midnight, I better say you're the most important thing, Jesus. But i got to have to prove that. I can't just say it because he'll think you're trying to get out of the, the answer. So, Lord, take my health, take my business, take my house, take my family, take everything that we have. Unless it's blessed by you, I never want anything again. Don't give me anything else unless it's blessed by you. At that time, the door burst open in the back of the chapel, and the doctor said, Mr. Gleichman. I said, oh, is she dead? He said, no, just follow me. I said, is she dead? Follow me. He would not answer the question. We went upstairs to the intensive care unit. I went in. My wife's back was a little bit higher. They'd cranked the bed up a little bit, and her eyes were open, not wide, but they were open, and she had this beautiful smile on her face, and she said, it'll be all okay, I can see Jesus again. She wasn't strong. I thought, what in the world just happened? So in reflecting upon it, I had this instantaneous flash where the Lord said to me, before you were standing in front of Lucia saying she's the most important thing to me in the entire world, get out of the way. Both of you stand in front of me. So I have to be first, not your wife. And I said, okay, from now on, don't give me anything unless it's blessed by you. The two of us are together before you. And that totally inverted my pyramid. I was no longer in charge. I was just carrying everybody else on my shoulders. And it takes a while to, to have your pyramid flip upside down and become accustomed to a, a new life. It really does. It takes a long time. But thank God he flipped my pyramid Thank you for sharing that. How long ago was that? When did that happen? 1978, so wow. it's been a long time, 37 years. Hmm. Praise God. And you guys are coming up on your 40... We passed our 46th anniversary. 46, praise yeah. God. That is awesome. The yeah. same person, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, she is a beautiful woman inside and out. So, uh, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Wow. Hannah, do you have, do you have any examples of of servants in your life, people that always do, look. But before I share that, um, Don, just listening to your story about how you brought your seven-year-old daughter with you into mm -hmm. the chapel, mm -hmm. and uh, at the end of this said, whoever brings one child as this in my name receives me. So I think that's pretty special that you got to share that with her and share that experience. So just wanted to share that with you. Um, servant in my life would have to be my grandmother. Um, she raised eight children, God bless her. It's mm. my whole family, so I know I know Good how Catholic crazy family. they are. <laughs> um, tons of grandchildren. She just she's ninety years old, almost ninety. She would 
she uh, yell at me if I said she was 90. <laughs> She's not 90 yet. Um, she continues to take the Eucharist every day to her friends in the hospital. She can barely drive, but God protects her and everyone else on the road. <laughs> um, but still, she just she would do anything for anyone. Um, my grandpa, when he was alive, would joke that she would um, fund teepees for homeless Indians because she was always giving money um, to different charities. So she's been a great inspiration in my life, and I know the rest of us just all look up to her. She's our she's our favorite girl. <laughs> oh, that's great. And, and as you mentioned, Don, your wife, and, and Hannah, your grandma, I'm thinking of a, of a, a story about my mom. She you know, sounds similar to, to your grandma, Hannah, where she was always volunteering and always you know looking out for other people. And one time we were all sitting in the living room. I was a kid, and I was like, oh, Mom, oh, look at this. I was looking at the help wanted. This this sounds great for you. You know, I was like, serve this, and, and like, you know, kind, loving person needed. And I said, it would be great. And then I got to the bottom. I go, oh, no, I'm sorry. It won't work for you. And she goes, why? She goes, well, because they pay for this. Mm-hmm. You know, because she would always <laughs> volunteer for everything and anything and uh, and just did it with a smile. And, you know, just to this day, I was at a, a surprise party, and one of the guys that was there said, oh, Rob, I just saw your mom at Wawa. I love that lady. You know, she's, she always comes up and gives me a big hug, and, you know, she's always always full of love and light. And, and that that's that's service as well, right? Because, you know, people are, are in their day, and we never know where we're going to meet them. And, and just the opportunity to give someone a smile and a hug could could change their day. You know, just that, that act of love could change their day. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And as, you know, someone who has five kids, Don, I was thinking of, of uh of my kids as well like what would i have done in that situation you know our, our kids now are you know around the age of of your daughter when that happened and to not shield them and to just bring them in and pray with them is uh is absolutely beautiful um you have a our one son who's nine is so sensitive and so in tuned to situations when i call home when i'm away like this morning it just happened and they were running late for school, so I decided put me on speakerphone so I can say hi to everybody. You know, so I went down the list and said hi to everybody. And I, we hung up. A minute later, my phone rings, and it was my son Thomas. And he says, "Dad, it's just me." Like he he doesn't like the whole corporate hello. He doesn't like the the community hello. He wants that one on one. And he's got. A, I mean, that was an act of service that he. You know, wanted to connect with me one on one, and he's and he's he's done that on different occasions. You know, where I would call at night, and everybody's about ready to go to bed, or they're watching a movie, and they want to start the movie. All right, Dad, get the hello over with, basically. You know, say say hello to everybody, and he would call, or he would grab the phone and say, Dad, it's just me. How was your day? You know, tell me how your day was. So, you know, the, the, all those little acts of service we have opportunities to do. And when Jesus says, when we receive one child, is this? You know, it's I think it's for us to to love them because as adults the love that we show our children is how they're going to understand the love of God but when we allow ourselves to enter into a child's world then I think the gift that we get is that wonder and awe can be you know can be reignited you know when I go to school sometimes I was at a school this week kindergarten through eighth grade and starting in like fourth grade now like the kids are like still looking or they're starting to look around and you know they have all these inhibitions and you know you, you try to get them to participate and they're looking to see who's looking but you go down to the kindergarten first and second and they're just like jumping all over the place praising god singing doing whatever that that lights you up right that that god knows jesus knows that when we 
spend time with children, their purity, their, their sense of wonder and all is, is going to rub, rub off on us. So not only are the kids receiving love from us, but we're receiving a lot from them. So thank you, Jesus, for, for pointing us in that direction. It says here, you mentioned whoever receives one child such as this, in my name. If we do things in the name of the Lord, we're, we're trying to copy him or, or imitate him and be a servant to them also. I keep thinking about that pyramid. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I just haven't known my, my own mind. It just sort of stuck there for a moment but because it, it's so important that we carry the weight of other people if we can, possibly can. I see that in prison ministry very often. It, people, the prisoners don't always identify when you're talking to them until... You let them know that you care about them until you tell them you love them. Why would you love me? Because you're a child of God too. In my name. Wow. All for God's glory, right? Exactly. I remember one time I was in adoration and we were, we were uh, on the market for windows. And there was a, a truck, AMDG, it said on, on the outside of it. And it's the letters for, for the greater glory of God. And I was like, wow. And I go into the chapel, and there's a guy. It looks like he could be, you know, a construction worker. I was like, this is awesome. You know, and it said roofing and windows. I was like, this could be my guy. So he, I said, if he leaves and goes in, in that truck, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to try to have a conversation with him. So he left, and then for whatever reason, like, he got out real quick and got in his car and his truck. I get in my car, and I'm chasing him down the highway. And, and I, I, you know, we get a red light. I said, roll, roll your window down. I said, were you just in adoration? He said, yeah. It's like, Oh man, I need windows. So we got, we got to talk. So I ended up hiring them. And I said, "What's the, what's the deal with AMDG?" He says, "I do everything. Every window I hang, every shingle I nail down, I do everything for the greater glory of God." So I wanted to name my business after after that, you know, that 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 vision of 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 my life, AMDG. So as we uh, as we end our time together, for all of us, that we could, in the name of the Lord, do everything for His glory. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.